Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. The BSN Nuggets podcast is presented, of course, by Total Beverage. Right now, for a limited time, they've got an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website or their app by using the promo code BSN10. Again, if you guys use the promo code BSN10, BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 order from Total Beverage. You can also have that order delivered right to your door because Total Beverage makes it super convenient by delivering all your favorite liquor, wine, beer, spirits to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. Welcome into the show. Thursday edition of the program, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here. We've got a Nuggets win to break down. Denver ends the three-game losing streak. They beat the Lakers 115-99 in Staples Center Wednesday night. Big for Denver, no doubt, to break that three-game losing streak. This one wasn't pretty. It wasn't one of Denver's best wins of the year, but thanks to Gary Harris, which we'll get to in a few minutes, he saved it from probably being one of Denver's worst losses of the season, despite the historical implications of what LeBron James did last night. But uh, let's start at the beginning of the game, Christian, because a lot of the pregame chatter, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about this entire week was about the Nuggets playing selfish offensive basketball. And that was so weird because selfish is one of the last ways I'd describe this team for most of the season. This has been one of the more unselfish teams I've ever watched. 
over the course of an NBA season. So it's been a little weird to characterize this team that way. But, you know, that's been coming from a lot of players on the Nuggets and Michael Malone as well. But it seemed, at least from my perspective, that especially at the beginning of the game, Nuggets came out unselfishly. They were playing their brand of basketball, and that was apparent from the start, maybe even the first possession of the game. Yeah, these last three seasons, the Nuggets offense has been like a rotisserie chicken. Set it and forget it, baby. Michael Malone has said a number of times that he never really has to worry about the offense. It's just something that, that kind of hums, you know, no matter what month that is, largely no matter who's in the lineup, as, as long as they're going around Nikola Jokic. Right. Um, as long as Jokic is in the center of their equal opportunity offense, they're probably going to be fine on that end. So it is weird to see Michael Bowen talk about the team needing to be more unselfish in recent weeks. Yeah, I thought they looked great coming out of the gates in this game. Um, the Nuggets had 13 assists in the first quarter. They racked up 43 points in the first quarter alone. I mean, they came out just blazing. Will Barton was phenomenal to start this game. He hit four threes in the first period. I thought he was going to have a chance to, to go for his career high, actually. I was about to tweet that out, and then he kind of tapered off in the uh, second half there. And, and quick aside, I think if Will Barton hadn't been hadn't dealt with his injury, then we would be seeing him post numbers that would be the, the most efficient of his career. I think this injury just really screwed up his whole season and, and this this Denver Nuggets starting lineup. But, yeah, this, this was – you know, a familiar brand of Nuggets basketball that we saw saw to start this game, and that had to be really encouraging for Michael Malone. Yeah, no doubt. On the Will Barton front, I think I agree with you. I mean, he had his best season of his career last year, playing a lot of minutes alongside this lineup, but he was scheduled to play a lot more alongside this starting lineup. Last year, he was Denver's sixth man for a lot of the year. Yeah, he started about half of Denver's games. If I remember correctly, he started 40 games last year. So technically, he was still eligible for six-man-of-the-year voting, but he came off the bench more than he started. He was due to play more minutes alongside Nuggets starting lineup this year, and yeah, injuries have robbed him of that. I agree with you on that front. The first quarter was nice. I think it was a seven- or eight-pass possession that Denver opened things up with, so they started off on the good foot there. And yeah, like you mentioned, assists are always the best indicator of if the Nuggets offense is operating smoothly. Like if you look up at the first time out of the game and you see Denver has seven assists on nine made baskets, that's a good omen for the rest of the night, I think. And, you know, sure enough, Denver winds up with 33 assists on 45 made baskets. It was their seventh highest assist total of the season. So, I think that represents that, you know, for the most part, this offense was moving pretty well. And if you're looking at the first quarter, yeah, it's a a good sign that they got off to a good start. But it's also probably should be mentioned that, of course, the starters are playing most of the first quarter. And we know how good that starting unit has been. We know how good that starting unit will likely be over the rest of the season. The fact that, you know, they were playing most of the minutes in that quarter probably contributed to uh, Denver posting those assist totals, but even the bench in that first quarter, I feel like did a decent job, um, you know, heading into the second. When you look at that starting lineup, we saw what they did last night. We've saw what they've done over these last couple of games, topping the expectations you had for it right around what you thought they would do here right off the bat. Where are you at with that group? Well, I had really high expectations for this group coming into the season. I, I thought that the Nuggets were 
you know, had a real chance to finish first in offensive efficiency. Um, I, they're fourth, and they've only had that group in there, you know, starting together for six, seven, eight games, something like that. So I feel pretty good about those those high expectations that mm-hmm. I had. I mean, for that group to to be a plus twenty six in thirty minutes in this game is pretty remarkable. Um, they're overall they're a plus ninety one, meaning they've outscored their opponents by ninety one points in one hundred and twenty two minutes. I mean, I I think this group is is capable of producing some real fireworks, but you know, even the start they they've had together has been you know maybe better than I thought it would be. Yeah, well, they've shown that they did not really need any time to rediscover their chemistry from early in the season, from those first two games of the season, or even from last year. And that's been the feeling we've had all along. We didn't think it was going to take any time. The Nuggets internally, just from talking to people, they weren't worried about an adjustment period needing to run its course for this group to really reestablish that chemistry together. And look, I think we've all proven that we were right. They picked up right where they've left off, and no surprise. I mean, this group is so deadly together. They have such a great chemistry together, and I think it's the second-best five-man lineup in the league. I don't think they have the star power of a fantastic five in Philly. Tim Bontemps' nickname for uh, that starting lineup. They might not have, again, the star power of a Giannis-led crunch time lineup in Milwaukee, but just... On paper and via the eye test, I think this group is the second best five-man lineup in the league. Just the chemistry they have. They're really talented. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic. That's an incredibly talented five-man lineup. They just play so well off of one another. Where do you think that lineup ranks? Just looking at it across the league. Ooh, second, that's... That's a that's a take. Um, is that I mean, crazy? I don't I don't think it is crazy. I, I might put Milwaukee's ahead of Denver's, but I think it's pretty close. I mean, they're they're in the top five for sure. Who's Milwaukee's? Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez at center, and Nikola Mirotic or Malcolm Brogdon. Who are you putting there? I think uh, Brogdon. Okay, is in there. So see, I'm taking Denver starting five over that lineup. Yeah, I mean, what you said about De- it doesn't have tremendous star power. Um, Nikola Jokic, top 10 player, but what makes it so lethal is the fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have three guys around Jokic who can pass the ball, shoot the ball, and put it on the floor just makes Denver so dangerous. Then you add in Paul Millsap, a guy who is pretty low usage next to those other guys who's really just going to do dirty work and, and get his where he can. Uh, Millsap, by the way, was phenomenal on the offensive glass last night. Just killed uh, the Lakers on the boards, grabbing seven offensive rebounds. But the fit is just so perfect with this group. Everybody understands their role. Out of lineups in the league who have played over 100 minutes together, this lineup ranks first in net rating. Ooh. So, I mean, out of all those top lineups, and the Philly lineup has been really good this year, no doubt. The Milwaukee lineup has been good, but... You know, this lineup ranks first out of everybody in net rating. I mean, the proof is right there how good they are. Yeah, and, you know, one of the, I guess the flaws of this lineup is they don't have great size. Will Barton is often going to be asked to guard bigger players at the small forward position. And I actually think Will Barton has looked pretty good defending bigger players for for the most part. Um, There have been a few mistakes here and there, but I think for the most part, Barton is kind of bringing it on defense. And we know we don't have to worry about this group on the offensive end. Yeah, well, also that lineup can switch when need be. They've got probably Denver's top two defenders out there and Paul Millsap and Gary Harris. Just to run down those lineups that are 
tops in net rating that have played at least 100 minutes. Denver starting five is number one, a 35 net rating in 122 minutes. Number two is actually Indiana's lineup of Thaddeus Young, Tyreek Evans, Corey Joseph, Doug McDermott, and DeMontis Sabonis. 27.9 net rating. Number three, it's actually Denver starters with Malik Beasley and Torrey Craig. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Instead of Gary Harris and Will Barton. Number four is OKC's, their starting lineup without Russell Westbrook. Paul George, Dennis Schroeder, Stephen Adams, Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson. I think that's pretty telling. Then next up is Toronto's, their lineup that was their starting lineup before. Marcus Gasol got there with uh, Jonas Valanciunas in there for him. And then next up is the Hamptons Five. Elite company. I wanted to ask you about Nicole Jokic's night because... You know, he's a plus 16 in 35 minutes, but he only took five shots in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, was that okay with you with the way this game was going with the flow of it? I mean, is it okay that he only took five shots? I mean, the starters still crushed it. Yeah, you know, it was fine up until the last seven minutes of the game, I'd say. You know, he was letting the game come to him. He was really dominating the game through most of three quarters, I'd say, until the Lakers started to make that comeback bid. He only had, what, a couple shots until then, and that was fine. He's never one to push the envelope. He's never one to try to force the issue, and I don't think he did. But, you know, when Denver was struggling for offense at times in the second half, I mean, he's got to look at it, and the Nuggets probably got to look at it and say, all right, he's got Jonathan Williams on him. Like, all right, let's... Let's try to get the ball to him in the post. <laughs> yeah, especially after they just shot three of fifteen from three in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, in the first half and for parts of the third quarter, I mean, it was fine. But you know, when Denver could not find any sense of rhythm from beyond the arc, I mean, they probably should have looked at Lakers' front line and been like, "All right, let's get them going." Yeah, I mean, they they eventually did that pretty late. You maybe would have liked to see them go to Jokic down low a little bit earlier, just because of of who was guarding him. They didn't have a prayer. But you also knew how bad Michael Bowen wanted this game because Jokic came back with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they went back to the starters very quickly because, hey, they needed to. The bench was not giving it to them again here. And uh, the starters were, of course. Yeah, Michael Bowen said post game too, you know, he was asked about Jokic only taking five shots. He basically just said, look, I, I trust Nikola to make the right decisions. He's always going to make the right play. And that's what I love about him. I, I like that strategy of coaching Jokic. Um, just, just leave it up to Jokic because more often than not, good things are going to happen. Um, it's, I think Michael Malone has done such a good job working with Nicola, and it's it's such an interesting match of, of best player and coach. It's it's a weird marriage, but it works really well. I mean, if I was a coach, I'd hitch my wagon to Nicola Jokic and just let him do whatever. Yeah, it's working out pretty well so far. Was that post-game question that you just referenced the worst of the night or the second worst of the night next to Stephen A. Smith's? Well, Stephen A. Smith's is the worst, but I also feel... I mean, he should have done his prep work for sure. Like, read the media packet. But I also, with those like national guys who try to pay attention to like four different leagues in every team, I feel kind of bad because it's just got to be hard to retain all that information. Plus, Stephen A. Smith probably got like two hours of sleep last night. Right. I'm gonna cut my guy Stephen A. Smith a little slack, but I do like how Michael Malone did the name drop in there in his post-game answer. Well, can we talk about what shirt Stephen A. Smith was wearing? It was yeah. like a pink corduroy button-up that like he just a, did a sports center spot like with? a salmon jean jacket <laughs> that's how i would describe that was a choice it. that was a choice 
We got a lot more to get to on this game, but I got to remind you guys, the subscription sale that I've been telling you about for the last couple weeks, the last day to get in on it is today. I hope you're listening to the show on Thursday when we're recording it here because you've only got a few more hours to go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe, type in the promo code nuggets and get a one-year subscription for only $29.99. Again, the usual price for a one-year subscription to BSN Denver is $35.99. So we're giving you a few bucks back on the one-year subscription price. And also, I'm not sure where the Nuggets fans rank in terms of new subscriptions signed up during this period. But from what I'm hearing, we're pretty near the top. We need a few more uh, to put us over the edge because if more Nuggets fans sign up for this subscription with that Nuggets promo code, uh, then Avalanche fans do with their promo code, then Broncos fans do, then Rockies fans do, all of you guys will get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. We need a couple more to put us over the top, I think. So get in on this deal. If you're listening to this show on Thursday here, uh, when we put it out, and if you haven't signed up for a BS Denver subscription quite yet, bsendenver.com backslash subscribe with the promo code nuggets, and you'll get a one-year subscription to BS in Denver for only $29.99. Let's take a break real quick. A lot more to get to on this game regarding the bench units, continued struggles, some more observations from the night. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented, of course, by Total Beverage. Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here on a Thursday. Nuggets end their three-game losing streak last night in LA, 115-99 over the Lakers. We just talked about the starters. They were really solid again. Jamal Murray had another decent scoring night, 19 points. He's now hit at least 19 points in five straight games. Hasn't done it terribly efficiently, and I don't know... If he's truly been consistent here, remember he got a lot of those points in the fourth quarter against the Spurs, but you know, he's scoring for sure, and Denver certainly needs that night in and night out here. We touched on the starters being really good just a second ago. Let's move to the bench. It's been a hot topic of conversation, of course, and I'm going to say in the first quarter, I feel like the bench was better. The unselfishness that the Nuggets wanted to see from that group, I definitely felt like that was there especially in the first half, that unit moved the ball pretty well. 
I even feel like Isaiah Thomas and Monte Morris played fairly well off of one another, the best they have in these last couple of games. Mason Plumlee had a decent night rolling to the rim. I just thought the ball movement overall with that second unit last night was generally better than it had been in the past couple of games. How do you kind of see it? Yeah, I mean, I think it was better than the the San Antonio game. Um, Definitely better than the Utah game, which was kind of a debacle. Mm -hmm. But that unit is still struggling and not playing up to its usual standards from this season. You can just look at the on-off numbers. Like, the Nuggets offense is really, really struggling in the eight games Isaiah Thomas has been with the team and on the floor. They're averaging 93 points per 100 possessions when IT's out there. Um, look, it's not just him. There, there are other things. Maybe there are things that the coaching staff could do to, to make those pieces fit together. But the bottom line is that it's just not they're not performing very well. Um, so they got to figure out a way to, to get that offense humming again with with the bench unit um because i mean if you look at the last three games denver's trotted out its opening night starting lineup um the starters were a plus nine against new orleans they're a plus 10 against san antonio and they're a plus 26 against the lakers if if the bench unit can just hold serve um we know what the starters can do and are capable of Nuggets are going to win a lot of games if the bench can just be a little bit better and come close to breaking even yeah no doubt if the bench is a plus minus zero. I can almost guarantee you the Nuggets are going to win that game just with what the starters are able to do really against any line. I'm not, I'm not worried about the starters going up against any team, no matter what kind of defense they might be trotting out there, even if it's a Milwaukee or a Golden State who has been up and down defensively this year. I'm, I'm not worried about the starters against any unit. So, yeah, if the bench can be a plus minus zero. Hey, that's probably going to mean Denver's going to come out of this one with a win. Yeah. Then the bench is still figuring out for sure. And look, it's going to take time. That's a good thing about Denver having a bit of a buffer here between them and the thunder and the Houston Rockets who they didn't lose any ground on last night by getting the win. So they can afford to, let that unit go through its bumps and bruises and try to, you know, form that chemistry together. Look, it's going to take time for Isaiah Thomas to round into shape. He missed 11 months. It was expected that he was going to be rusty. Uh, He certainly has, but Denver is willing to give that time to work itself out, it seems. So we'll see how that looks going forward. Uh, We'll see if they can have a good night against Golden State here coming up on Friday. Look, it's funny. We've talked about the struggles that this team has had over this three-game losing streak. After all that, after all the inconsistent play from the bench, the Nuggets have a chance to move into the top seed in the Western Conference, the top spot in the Western Conference, I should say, with the win Friday night in Golden State. Crazy, huh? A lot of these teams in the West are going through some turbulence right now. I mean, the Warriors especially, that the whole, like, KD thing from earlier in the season, it was okay for a while, and now it's all weird again. Um, if you were to guess, I mean, the Nuggets have a, a four-game cushion over three teams who are kind of chasing at them for that that two seed. The Rockets, Thunder, and Blazers um, are, are all four games back of the Nuggets. That's excluding tiebreakers. Are you still betting on the Nuggets to get this two seed? Um, yeah, I am. I think I am. They've got the inside track. They've got the tiebreaker over the Thunder. 
The Houston tiebreaker is still up in the air. Houston's leading 2-1, but Denver can get even there. They've got one matchup with the Rockets remaining. Uh, So I wouldn't count on Denver to win that game, but hey, with how the Nuggets stars are playing, you never know. They haven't had their starters in any of those matchups against Houston so far, if my memory serves correct. So they still have a chance to get even with that tiebreaker. And I don't really anticipate Houston closing too hard here over the final month of the regular season. Denver's got a tough schedule, but I'm I'm just not getting the feeling that Houston is going to go on a run where they win 15 out of their next 20 games or something like that. So I'd go with Denver to stay on the two line. What about you? Yeah, I think they're going to hold on to it. Um, it's just it's just a pretty big cushion. Um, and the starting lineup is really rolling right now. Um, I mean, if you're Denver, you're, you're really hoping that either Portland or Oklahoma City is able to overtake Houston for three. So you can yeah. avoid that second round matchup. Right. That's best case. If Houston is at the four and the Nuggets in Oklahoma City or the Nuggets and really anybody other than Houston are the two, three for sure. While we're kind of on the topic of Isaiah Thomas, we got a question on the Total Beverage fan line about him and his recent play here. I want to remind you guys, if you do have a question for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. Let's go there right now. What's going on, fellas? This is Chris from Dillon. Um, calling after the Lakers game here. Really nice win. Great to see the starting five just doing their thing. Um, I'm calling to ask, and I'm sure you've gotten a few of these questions about, really what's the upside here with Isaiah Thomas? I mean, even if he turns it around and becomes great, which I don't see happening, but let's say he does. Okay, cool. Then he goes to another team and gets paid next year. Where is the upside in the Nuggets for helping rehabilitate his career? I know that sounds a little harsh, but we have a great young backup point guard who knows how to run that second unit, and and the second unit really didn't get going uh, last night until they started running Plumlee and Morris in pick and rolls. Um, Isaiah Thomas can't guard anybody on the defensive end. Um, I don't know if he doesn't want to or he just knows he can't, so it doesn't look like he's trying. And the other thing is he doesn't move off ball at all. And with this team, that is just – that is this team. This team is off ball movement, uh, ball movement, you know, turning down B, B shots to get A minus shots. And Isaiah Thomas has to have the ball, and, and it's just – he just doesn't – he doesn't have it. He's not finishing at the rim, and I don't want to harp on the guy – seems like a good guy, seems like he's been a good leader and a presence, but you know, what are we doing here? What, what, what is really the upside um, at this point? Uh, you gotta, you got to let Monte Morris grow and develop and get back to the second unit being um, a net positive instead of looking like that for the last handful of games. Um, anyways, keep doing your thing, guys. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Chris. Here's the upside for Denver. The Nuggets didn't just bring him here to help Isaiah Thomas get a new contract next summer. Here's the upside. Isaiah Thomas is a playoff-tested veteran. That's a big reason why the Nuggets brought him here. There's not a ton of playoff experience on this roster outside of Paul Millsap. Mason Plumlee has played in more playoff games than you think, going back to his Brooklyn Nets days and also with the Trailblazers. The upside is, in the playoffs, you've got a guy who's been there before, who's taken big shots and big games before, who's not going to shrink when the big lights come on and the moment's really big. 
that's the upside of Isaiah Thomas. You know, if he's able to get back to the player he was when he was healthy, he can be a contributor for the Nuggets in the playoffs. Is he going to get back to that level? I don't know. But you know, that's the upside for Denver. Come the postseason, he's a playoff-tested guy who can take and make big shots for you. And just a guy who's been there before, that's a big value in the playoffs because this team has been great all year. I think they're going to react really well come playoff time. I think the Nuggets' half-court offense is going to translate. I think Nicole Jokic is going to be a really good player in the playoffs. But you still never quite know what some of those young guys, especially, are going to give you off the bench. So that's the upside for Denver, a guy who's just been there before. Right, exactly. At the bare minimum, he's a break glass in case of emergency proven playoff score. Like, say say the Nuggets, you know, get down 15 points in, in a game two in their first round series. Michael Malone needs a jolt. Throw IT out there. He's a guy who's gone for 50 plus in a playoff game before. This guy we know is not going to shrink from the moment. I don't think anybody on earth has more confidence in themselves than Isaiah Thomas. I wish I had that much confidence in myself. So that's you know, I think it's it's worth it to have him here on a on a veterans minimum deal just for that. And you know what, what he's already provided for this team, I think he brought in an element of brashness that you know maybe was lacking at the beginning of the year. We mm-hmm. heard a lot from Michael Malone, Tim Connolly about how this was a quiet team, how it has kind of lightened the mood a little bit in the locker room. So I think he's already brought value um, in the locker room for this team. And you know going forward. Look, I, I don't know if this like mighty might bench lineup is going to work. From what we've seen so far, I mean, it's it's not looking like it, it will. I'm not too optimistic, but bare minimum, he's that breaking break glass in case of emergency playoff bucket getter. Yeah, well, he's just going to potentially help really elevate the bench unit come playoff time. That's going to be something that's going to play to Denver's favor in the playoffs because the starters are going to play a lot more minutes together than they do in a typical regular season game. You know, say the Nuggets starting lineup goes out of the game at the five or the four-minute mark of the first quarter and comes back at the six-minute mark of the second quarter. Come playoff time, maybe the starters don't go out until the two-minute mark of the first quarter and then come back at the eight-minute mark of the second quarter. The Stars are going to play more together in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. That's just what happens in the postseason. Your rotation shrinks. You give more minutes to your big-time guys. So that's going to play in Denver's favor. But yeah, I think Isaiah Thomas, ideally, he'll give you really quality minutes off the bench and not shrink in the big lights, per se. Here's something I just noticed looking at the box score. Nuggets out-rebounded the Lakers. 55 to 41. Denver got 18 offensive rebounds last night, and I guess that was to be expected. I mean, here's the Lakers bigs JaVale McGee, Jonathan Williams, Mo Wagner. I guess you can count LeBron James as a big. Denver should have out rebounded the Lakers, and they surely did. I think the Lakers actually got back into the game partly because they were able to grab some offensive rebounds in the second half. Yeah, rough times for L.A. Yeah, that was big for Denver, those, those second-chance points. Paul Millsap, seven offensive rebounds. He was excellent attacking the glass. Um, a couple of those like were not even 50-50 balls. Like They were balls that the Lakers should have gotten, and then Paul Millsap came out of nowhere to snatch it. Uh, Nikola Jokic, four offensive rebounds. 
Uh, Gary Harris got four, too. He grabbed a couple in the fourth quarter, which ended up being pretty big. So you saw that fight from Denver last night, definitely. Definitely. Let's hit another break real quick. On the other side, we'll wrap up with our final thoughts on this game. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast, Thursday edition of the show. We probably buried the lead a little on today's program. Let's get to Gary Harris's night. He, in my opinion, saved Denver from what would have been a debilitating loss with a personal 11-0 run in the fourth quarter to really give Denver some breathing room down the stretch. I mean, no big surprise from Gary. He's done this time and time again. What stood out most to you about that fourth quarter run? Because he really did it from everywhere, from three, getting to the rim. He was dominant over that stretch in the fourth. Well, I, I like the the post that you wrote about Gary's night in this fourth quarter specifically. Um you said in your post that Gary Harris kept his poker face the whole time. That's the thing that, that really sticks out about Gary's game to me is it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter if the Nuggets are up 20, down 20. If, I mean, if it's a close game in the final five minutes, he's always going to play the game with you know, kind of an even keel, um, the, the same mentality. You know, Gary just doesn't get too high or too low, and I think that's one of the best qualities about him. I mean, he's he's a guy who's not going to really get shake, shook, not really going to get rattled. I mean, we saw in those two threes he hit in the corner, you know, the lead got down to two. He hit one of them, which put it back up to five. It was huge for Denver. Two Lakers fans uh, wearing LeBron jerseys, I think, sitting courtside, right in his ear, yelling, waving their arms, and Gary just calmly sunk both of them and just had a, just had a look for them. Yeah. I love that snarl Gary Harris has when he's going. <laughs> and note to any courtside patrons talking trash to Gary Harris, don't do it. There was a guy last night in a Lakers jersey. I swear to God, it was DJ Khaled doppelganger. <laughs> I was trying to search the DVR to see if I could get a shot from the other side of the court to see if that was actually DJ Khaled. But I think it was a slimmed down version of him anyways last night. I don't think it was him, but he was talking trash to Gary Harris all game. And then Gary came on the fourth quarter at the 10 minute mark, immediately splashed a three right in front of him from the left corner and really just was going from there. And Denver needed that in a big way. I think one of his most underrated qualities is just as a fourth quarter closer, He's hit a lot of big shots for the Nuggets over the last couple of years. The game winner against OKC, probably one of the biggest shots of the Michael Malone era. 
He's had a lot of big fourth quarters for Denver over the past couple of seasons. Had a big one again last night. That's going to be crucial in the playoffs. Gary's a veteran on this team, man. He's the longest tenured nugget. Him and Will Barton are 1-2 in that classification. He's been through a lot over his Nuggets career. He was playing here when Denver was getting booed off their home floor, when nobody was coming to these games, and now he's a starter and one of Denver's most important players. I think just in the aggregate, Denver's second best player behind Nikola Jokic when you look at this, the entirety of his floor game. He's going to be really needed come playoff time for his just veteran savvy, his offensive shot making late in fourth quarters when Denver really needs buckets and also his play on the defensive end of the floor. My prediction is we're going to be talking about Gary Harris more and more as the season goes on and particularly in the playoffs. Yeah, for a guy who's only in his fifth season, Gary Harris has seen a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in an, just an absolute nightmare situation his, his rookie year here um, when it was a completely different roster than uh, Brian Shaw was the head coach. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the memories he always points to when people ask him, like, how far the Nuggets have come. They they got booed off the court uh, at halftime when they were, they were playing the Portland Trailblazers at home. I think Portland scored like 84 points in the first half, so a deserved booing and, and tomato-throwing <laughs> session there, but... Yeah, Gary has been here every step of the the rebuild. Uh, him and Will Barton, the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. That that comment cracked me up from earlier this season. Please, somebody out there, Photoshop Gary Harrison, Will Barton with like Uncle Sam hats and beards. Yeah, but yeah, man, he was he was awesome down the stretch. Um, those two threes and and some grown man basketball too. Uh, he had he hit uh, Alex Caruso with that up and under. Um, he had that kind of driving layup going to his right. Michael Mullen often says that when Gary Harris gets it in his right hand going downhill, then it's just over for a defense because he's so strong, he's so powerful, he's got those big hands. You know, when Gary Harris is driving to the basket like that, I think his football background really shows up too. He was an All-American wide receiver growing up in Indiana, and, and as Gary likes to say, football is his best sport. Look, Gary Harris's offense got a lot of the credit last night, got a lot of the notoriety, deservingly so. He went on a personal 11-0 run in the fourth quarter. His defense probably shouldn't go unnoticed here. We talked about it a little at the beginning of the show, but the Nuggets, Christian, we've been speaking about this defensive nosedive over the last couple months, but over the last 10 games, Nuggets are the best defense in the league. 103.5 points per 100 possessions Denver has given up here over its last 10. It's the best mark in the league. And I don't think it's any coincidence that, yeah, Paul Millsap has been healthy, but also Gary Harris has been healthy for these last seven games. And I remember when he came back from, what even was it, the hamstring injury? His injury before the adductor? He didn't look 100% right. He he was still looking a little gimpy, it seemed. Still kind of not moving at the typical Gary Harris pace. But now, coming back from this adductor, he looks completely healthy to me. And I just think defensively what he brings and how he's already had his impact here on this Nuggets defense over these last 10, it's going to pay big dividends down the line. Are you telling me that it's extremely helpful to have your best two defenders in the lineup and healthy? Breaking news. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty significant. Um, that that surprises me that they've been first over the last 10 games. I mean, I'd, I'd guess they'd, you know... Definitely be in the top 10, maybe be in the top five, but first overall, that's pretty crazy. They've held three of their opponents under 100 points during that stretch. The Lakers only scored 99. 
The Clippers only scored 96 uh, a couple weeks back. And then the first game of that stretch, they held the Heat to 87 points. Uh, that certainly helped. Some, also, some other quality defensive performances in there, too. They held the Mavs to 104. Uh, the Spurs, you know, they only scored 104 the other night, even though they got the win. So uh, it's been a quality stretch of uh, defensive performances. Can we talk about the defensive play of the night where LeBron just lets the ball bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce and he doesn't pick it up and he's standing outside the three-point line and he finally tries to pick it up to get the clock to start and Paul Millsap makes a play on it and LeBron just fumbles it out of bounds. That was a disaster of a play for LeBron. That was embarrassing. Well, if I was at the game last night, I would have asked Paul Millsap if he had seen the play from a couple nights earlier when LeBron did do that and let the ball roll all the way to right in front of the Lakers bench and then put up a three, try to get a two for one. It's pretty much the same play, but Paul didn't let him do that. Yeah, I think Mike Singer did ask Millsap about it, and he, oh, did, he, did? he did mention that he saw that play the other night, and his game plan was, yeah, I'm just going to kind of lunge at it when, when he's doing that stuff. LeBron did something else last night. He passed Michael Jordan for fourth on the all-time scoring list. Thoughts on that? What an underwhelming moment. Very underwhelming. Like he was dapping up Alex Caruso and and like Josh Hart out there. Tory Craig will be in LeBron James' career high, highlight reel forever, though. I, I would bet Michael Malone probably never divulge this information, but what did LeBron need, 13 points to pass MJ or 14? Mm-hmm. I bet before the game, he put that number on the whiteboard and just gave him the speech. Like, LeBron, he already sent a tweet about this before the game. He, th- he thinks it's a foregone conclusion. Let's go out there and make sure he doesn't get it. I mean, that's what I would have used as motivation uh, if, if I was coaching the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. it's an impressive record, no doubt. I mean, it just speaks to the longevity of LeBron's career for sure. Uh, but, yeah, there's just not a lot to celebrate in L.A. right now. It felt weird with that night coming, you know, a couple days after the Lakers were essentially eliminated from the playoffs. It's funny, too, to see, you know, the different factions of media who are, are plugged in with maybe the, the Lakers' ownership or the front office and the media is plugged in with LeBron. There's some subtle finger-pointing going on right now. I mean, Ramona Shelburne article, it kind of placed the, the blame mostly on LeBron. I mean, talked about that injury, too, which is not really LeBron's fault, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's funny when you talk about bringing in Lance Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee and Rajon Rondo and all these guys who can't shoot. Um, I mean, it seemed like both parties were on board with that idea. So, I mean, both should share the blame. But, God, what a disaster that's been. That's where the most blame falls for me. It's on the front office. I I think LeBron's injury was the biggest reason in the end why they didn't make the playoffs. But, I mean, just the most blame, I think, has to go on the front office for – assembling this roster, which at the time made zero sense, and seven months later makes just as little sense. Yeah, and even if you are working in the front office and LeBron suggests like, oh, I want some other guys who can handle the ball and some tough, hard-nosed players, you put your arm around your shoulder and said, all right, yeah, I'll take that into consideration. And then you go out and get some shooting because you have the greatest driver of the basketball in NBA history. You don't listen to him. It's your job in the front office. Yeah, it's got to be hard telling LeBron no, though. Well, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I I can't believe that was our plan. I mean, it's got to be hard telling LeBron no on one hand. On the other hand, 
I can't imagine that LeBron was knocking on Magic Johnson's door at 1 a.m. on July 1st that saying, all right, we got to get Lance Stevenson to L.A. We've got to get him here. Oh, man. I can't believe that was their plan. All right. I think that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. Of course, we've got one more show to get through this week on Friday. The Nuggets are in Golden State. Like I said, after... A rough three-game losing streak. They've still got a chance to recapture the number one seed in the West with a win over the Warriors, who aren't the picture of Team Bliss right now. There's still some unhappiness going on in Golden State. So uh, we'll see how that matchup unfolds. It should be a good one. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Again, want to remind you, this is the last day Thursday here to get in on that subscription deal you can get a one-year subscription to bsn denver for only 29.99 how you get that bsndenver.com backslash subscribe type in the promo code nuggets and you'll get that one-year subscription for only 29.99 the last day to do that is thursday that offer expires at midnight so get on that before it's too late we'll be back with another episode on friday and as we get out of here a quick word about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check these guys out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive. And the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door.